This is the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. You came to this life with a purpose and a soul level mission. You were given gifts and unique abilities to achieve that purpose. But somewhere, other people told you that you needed to be someone else and do something different. You lost your magic. Hello, I'm spiritual life and business coach, Julian Crossenhill, and I help people rediscover the deep magic of being who you are and then using that magic to change the world around you. Through this podcast, I share tools, tips, and inspiring stories for getting in touch with that magic once more and discovering the possibilities for creating change wherever you desire. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. I'm your host, Julian Crossenhill, and today on the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast, we're going to talk about humane marketing with Sarah Santa Croce. Sarah, over a decade of running successful LinkedIn consulting business, inspired a yearning in Sarah to create a global movement that encourages people to bring more empathy and kindness to business and marketing. As a hippie turned conscious business coach, Sarah has written two books, hosts the Humane Marketing Podcast, and works with heart-centered entrepreneurs to question their assumptions when it comes to marketing and give them permission to market their business their way, the gentle way. She also offers one-on-one conscious business coaching for forward-thinking change agents who want to create their life's work and contribute to make this world a better place. Sarah shares a fresh perspective and doesn't shy away from calling things out that no longer work for many of us when it comes to the current marketing model. Her clients sometimes refer to her as the female Seth Godin. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's so nice to be with you, Julian. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about humane marketing because marketing is such a huge thing that new entrepreneurs in particular struggle with. And of course, as soon as you hang your business shingle, all the sort of business coaches come out of the woodwork, and I did air quotes there, come out of the woodwork to tell you their system or to sell you lead generation or all of these things. So You've created humane marketing, and it was sort of a a response to some of the things that you saw in traditional marketing that you felt didn't work or just weren't really ethical. So can you tell us a little bit, what was it that sort of sparked humane marketing? What turned you off about marketing that, that made you create this revolution? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's basically my own journey in this online marketing world. So my my first business, I kind of started it in 2006, and that was you know in the middle of the two, um, social media boom, and and so like you said, every guru was out there promoting their thing that worked, and this is how you have to do marketing and funnels and you know clickbait and lead generation, all of these things, right? And it felt like more and more as time went by, these things actually, instead of getting more ethical, they got less ethical. And I felt like, you know, it was all a bit market of manipulation and pushing people. It was all very profit oriented, which never um, uh, kind of resonated with me as a hippie turned conscious business coach, right? There's this hippie upbringing in there. And it's just like, well, yes, I'm in business. Yes, I want to make money. Um, and I want to make money also to be able to give back to, you know, the the problems that we are facing right now. And, and so money making is not the thing, but it still felt like the way we were taught marketing, it was not so much about actually 
you know, being in service, but only about getting people's money and filling our own pockets. And so that just never felt good. And so, yeah, more and more, uh, I felt like, well, I'm just probably not made for this business thing that because it really does feel like like you describe once you're out there, it feels like, well, this is just how business work. Business is tough. You know, that's how you do things. That's how you do marketing. It is just by these, you know, manipulative uh, strategies. And so I just thought, well, I guess it's just not for me anymore. Like I really was close to giving up and saying, well, I, I can't do this anymore. It's just, it made me sick. Like really, I, I suffered from insomnia. I think uh, with the lack of integrity that I kept feeling more and more strongly, I felt like I'm doing things, even though I've always kind of felt like I'm doing things a bit differently. I still felt like I'm doing things that are out of integrity that I just didn't feel good. And so that's where, you know, humane marketing or back then I called it gentle marketing was was born out of a, yeah, it's, it's usually when change is created is when there is uh, just no other way, right? And that's really what I felt mm -hmm. like. I'm like, I'm going to give up or... I'm going to come up with another way to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think spiritual entrepreneurs especially should resonate with what you're saying, because money shouldn't be the first order of business in our businesses. We're really there to serve and to share what we've discovered. But, you know, we still got to pay bills. And right. there's there's definitely that sort of dichotomy. And how do you sort of balance that? So can you give some examples of traditional marketing techniques? Because I think sometimes people who have been around marketing for a little while or are new in business and have been watching what everyone else does, doesn't know how to recognize these things. Yeah. And, and that's a good point, because I feel like, unfortunately, over the years, even, you know, people who call themselves heart-centered entrepreneurs or or even spiritual entrepreneurs, I guess, uh, they will still use kind of the mainstream and what I call hype and bro marketing techniques because that's just the only thing that we see out there. And, and so I'm not pointing fingers at them. I'm just saying, look, I, it's not your fault because there is just not enough uh, different uh, kind of marketing out there. So I, I just want to point that out first. Um, and so some of the typical marketing things we we see is, you know, the the funnels, people being pushed through funnels where it feels like oh, there's a lot of manipulative strategy behind it just to get you to buy. So I'm thinking of, you know, people who create programs, um, online video courses where the intention is not so much to serve, but the intention is to get you to buy this video course and then, you know, who cares what happens next? And so there's these very kind of sophisticated funnels that we learn about. And, and they're like, again, even in the heart-centered space, they, they, they kind of make you feel like it feels good, but then you still feel the manipulation. You still feel like you're not empowered as the client. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's that it's the, it's the, you know, is this is your last chance kind of message and you're going to miss out a lot of the, uh, kind of hype marketing is oriented. Like the, the problem with it is often the language. Uh, not so much the technique, you know, yes, we can have, we can do Facebook ads, for example, in a humane marketing way. It just depends how we are wording our marketing. 
in in hype marketing, pushy marketing, it's manipulative. It's based on these psychological tricks that we are taught as marketers. This is what works, right? And so people will kind of try to manipulate you, to shame you, to uh, highlight these pain points that you have and look at how bad of a situation you're in, Julian. And, you know, this program is going to fix it. And so kind of overblowing the problem that you have so that you are kind of like, yeah, sitting in a puddle of shame and just feel like you have to now buy this course. So it's those kind of strategic things that we are taught with the whole, yeah, pain points, funnels, manipulation, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does, it doesn't that, always feel good, feel good no, to it do doesn't. those things. Yeah. And do you recognize so, any of these techniques? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, you see them all the time. And I've heard, I've heard coaches say things like, um, tell their, their clients things like tell people there's only two seats left, even if you haven't sold any seats. And I'm like, you're lying yeah. to people like, you yeah. know, that's a straight up lie. But I also yeah. understand, you know, I've, I've done programs, I've done, I teach a lot of classes, and people do wait to the last minute to commit. So how do we right. in a gentle marketing way, kind of nudge people like, come on, you need to commit if, for this program to even happen? Right. Yeah. So, so that's a very good question is like, well, where does, you know, is humane marketing, does that mean that we just throw out all the marketing strategies and we just sit back and, you know, meditate and hope that clients come to us? And, <laughs> and No, it's not that it's again, like I'm uh, kind of promoting my marketing, like for human program right now. And it's still about, you know, showing up and, and sharing those messages. And, and for example, I had a, an early, a super early bird and then an early bird. And, and so I will also uh, um, explain that actually an early bird is in, you know, is in your favor because you're saving money. And it's in my favor because then I know, oh, there's already three people who are interested. And so I think it's a, it's a lot about showing and sharing with transparency what you're actually doing so mm. that when you do say yes these are the you know tomorrow is the end of the early bird this is not to push you into you know buying now but just presenting it as an opportunity as a win-win for you and for me um so again it's all about the language and how you present it and 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 i think yes sometimes we need to kind of um, gently nudge people and say, look, um, I'm running this program right now. I, I honestly don't know yet if I'll run it again. And this is not because, you know, I'm making this up. It's just the truth and maybe explain why you don't know yet if you're going to run it. Again. So it's all about the show what you're doing behind the scenes rather than just using these formulas that people are like, oh, this is just BS marketing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that you, the point you're really making for me and what I'm hearing is, is about being a little bit vulnerable on the business side. Because right. sometimes people hide behind their businesses, they don't put themselves right. in their brand, and they don't sort of get out there and be like, you know, I'm doing this. I don't know if I'm going to offer it again for these reasons. You know, we don't usually see that in business. Businesses don't talk about their objectives or their plans or things like that. Right. It's all sort of hidden behind a screen. So it's really about that vulnerability. I love that. That's um, true. How, how do we know that humane marketing actually works? Mm. I think the, the, the question I always ask uh, instead is like, 
you will know if humane marketing doesn't work for you anymore. I think that's that's the point where you're like, actually, um, the marketing, the way I do it now, like I said before, makes me sick or gives me insomnia or gives me anxiety or, you know, then you're like, well, the marketing you're doing now is not working for you as a person. Is it working for you in your business? Like, is it actually getting you clients? Well, then, then I would say, well, maybe you need to slowly transition into more of a humane marketing strategy, start using different words and being more empathic and gentle. And you'll, I'm sure you'll actually double your results if you're already getting results. Um, the problem I usually see is when, you know, the typical kind of bro marketer is only focused on transactions and not relationships. And, and so, yes, if all of, if they've been pushing their uh, clients and basically just focusing on short-term results and getting sales, and then all of a sudden coming in with this more gentle, humane approach, well, yeah, people are not going to buy anymore. They're going to be completely confused and go, well, what's going on, right? But the thing is with the hustle or the bro marketing, you have to keep doing that forever because the minute you're stop, you stop, there's no more clients, right? Where with humane and gentle marketing, you're building on something. Um, it's, it's ongoing, it's relationship marketing, it's referral marketing. And so the, the way you start to notice that humane marketing is, is working is that is obviously yes, clients, but also just feeling better getting, uh, you know, thank you notes, um, just in general, like feeling better in your business and getting these long time relationships. And so what I talk about it at the end of the Marketing Like We're Human book is this gentle transition into humane marketing. So we're, if, we, if we have been using kind of like this hype marketing, these funnels, you know, if we've learned from another guru marketer, basically, and, and so you're listening to this and you're like, hmm, maybe there's some of the things that I want to change. Then I would say, yeah, change slowly, uh, you know, get rid of one thing that you're like, I just cannot do this one anymore. Like I remember for me, it was all the, the subject lines that had to do with six figures or seven figures, like basically shaming people that they don't have a six, seven or eight figure business yet. Right. So, so many email marketing advice you see is always based on that six, seven figure business thing. I'm like, I'm never, ever going to send anything like that again. Right. And so that's yeah. just one thing that I started. Um, and, and so, yeah, go step by step. And, and another tip, I guess, is unsubscribe from the things that make you feel bad. Like if you're yeah. still getting marketing emails that you're like cringe or, you know, shame or anything, start unsubscribing from that and go like, no, I'm no longer wanting to be manipulated into something. Yeah. 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 I hate the six figure thing. And the, and the high ticket is the other one. I'm like, yeah, high you know, ticket is the other one. <laughs> you know, I, I want to sell my services at a fair price and there's nothing wrong with that. And it needs right. to be fair for my clients and fair for me. And so, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, how do we, so gentle marketing is what you started out calling it. Now you've kind of called it humane marketing and it's all about bringing more empathy into business, which can be a rough world sometimes and not the most like caring or, or gentle um, world. 
So how do we bring more empathy into business and inspire other people to do the same? Mm, yeah. Um, well, you mentioned one thing is vulnerability, right? That is one thing. And you notice that when you show up with vulnerability, it's just everybody else starts to take their mask off as well. And I think that's a big part of humane business is doing business with people, with humans, and not with other masks. And it the only way to do that is taking off your own mask and, and really showing up as who you are. And people kind of go, wow, that's different. I can just be who I am, you know, around Julian. And so it's kind of this ripple effect. And, and that's, to me, that's where empathy starts. And, and, you know, the other thing you said was fair pricing. Well, because pricing is always kind of a touchy-feely thing because it, it touches our emotions whenever there's money involved. And, and so, you know, having these human conversations about difficult topics uh, is one part of bringing more empathy into business. It's, it's really about using our emotional intelligence and bring that into business rather than always coming from this um, you know, the other intelligence that can't, what is it? Cognitive intelligence. I can't remember what the opposite of, of emotional intelligence is right now, but basically using our left brain and our right brain. I think humane marketing is a lot about using our right brain and bringing emotions to business such as empathy and, and kindness, uh, for example, and heart in general. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you mentioned emotional intelligence because it's an area that business needs. I've worked at a lot of startups and a lot of um, young startup leaders don't have a great deal of emotional intelligence. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Usually in marketing, there's a lot of like principles and and techniques that are, are things that you consider in your marketing. Like, you know, I've done a lot of branding work and they always talk about you know, your color and your your mood and all these different aspects. Does humane marketing have some core sort of things that you sort of look at to devise how you're going to do humane marketing? Mm, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, that, that definitely the color aspects and all of that is, is more the branding. I think what nowadays also, uh, at least the, the kind of branding people I follow um, they would also start with, you know, values and worldview and things like that. And so that's also what humane marketing is a lot about. It's it's if you think of the just going to hold up my seven P's of humane marketing. So if you think of the mandala of the seven P's of humane marketing, we start with passion and personal power. So I think really one of the big differences of humane marketing is that we um I forgot you're only recording the audio, so people are not going to see that, but may, I'll send you a picture so you, you maybe you can put it into the show notes, the, yeah. the seven P's of humane marketing. So in traditional marketing, people always, every kind of uh, program I've ever taken, they always start with the client avatar, right? That's the first thing you have to know uh, is the client avatar. And, and so it's very outward focused. And so in humane marketing, that's why sometimes I call it, you know, personal development slash business development is because we are actually wanting to start with ourselves first. So we want to look at 
who we are, what our values are, our story, our personality types, our human design, <laughs> hint, hint, uh, all of these things that make us who we are uh, so that we can show up authentically. Because so often you you hear, oh, you just have to be authentic in business and marketing. But well, how, you know, so so it's really about going deeper into who you are, also your why. So the passion, the P for passion is all about your why. Why are you in business? What are you here to serve? Who are you here to serve? What are you what is the problem that you're solving? Uh, all of these bigger questions that we need to look at before we go into, well, here are the techniques or the tactics or the platforms that we're going to be on. And yet, most of the time in marketing, people just want instant solutions and go, oh, but I've been active on Facebook, uh, you know, for, for months now and nothing's happened. Well, it's probably because you haven't actually looked at who you are in this business um, persona, because again, humane marketing is about authentic relationships. And so if you are not really have, have never looked at who you are as a person, how are you going to bring that into your marketing? So it's really going deep into you and your story. That's also where the where I came full circle with my hippie upbringing. Uh, you know, back in the days in my LinkedIn consulting business, I did not mention once that I grew up in a hippie commune. It was just like, oh, this is not business related. I'm going to hide that as as good as I can. And now I feel like, well, that's part of me, you know, it's, it's a big part of me and my values. And so it often comes up in conversation because that's, I really feel like um, that's a big part of marketing, of humane marketing, of connection, of communication. Um, you know, there's a saying that people do business with people. I feel like people do business with people who stand for something today, you know, in the in the stage we're in, in our planet and all these issues that we need solving. Marketing is about standing for something. And you really need to bring all of the, those things into your marketing because people connect at that deeper level with you. And, and then it's just like, well, you know, I have 10 people that I could be uh, working with for human design but I really resonate with Julian's worldview. He's more than just, you know, the human design expert. He brings these topics about social responsibility that I really resonate with. I'm going to work with him. Of course, I'm going to work with him, right? So yeah. that's, to me, all part of humane marketing. Yeah, I love that it starts with who you are, because we don't right. do enough of that reflection in business. We spend so much mm -hmm. time focused on who our clients are, and how right. do we convince them to buy from us that we don't spend the time doing that work. Right. Um, I want to bring up a, something that I think is confusing sometimes to new business owners, and that is the difference between marketing and selling. So you have a mm -hmm. second book, Selling Like We're Human. So mm -hmm. what, what, where, where does marketing sort of stop and selling pick up? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. It's funny because I never thought I would write a book about selling. But then when I published a first book, people are like, well, what about selling? And exactly for that reason, this confusion, you know, what is marketing? What is selling? And and I do feel like that people who have a sales problem, they should definitely start with the with the marketing because marketing is all about warming up. It's about having these relationships. It's about 
you know, having your network of trusted people. It's about bringing all of you to your marketing, the, the worldview, et cetera. And then the selling will be much less about selling and just about a human conversation, whether the solution that I offer is a good fit for that person. Because to me, who has definitely never defined myself as a salesperson, I want people to just kind of resonate with what I offer and then have a conversation about that and say, hey, that's actually a really, um, is really what I need. And I already, you know, resonate with who you are. So I'm, I'm ready. How do we get started? And so I, I talk about uh, in the Selling Like We're Human book, I talk about a gentle sales path who is about these different signposts rather than the typical funnel where we all shove everybody through the same funnel. Uh, the gentle sales path and the signpost gives people the power back meaning they can go, there's different ways on this gentle sales path. Maybe some people are going to go, you know, straight and they want the shortcut directly to a human conversation. Other people are going to listen to the podcast first or, or read my blog post or like it, it really gives the person the power back without pushing so that when they're ready, they're like, yeah, can we talk about this? So that's where, again, I, in a way, the gentle sales path focuses on the marketing because if you think about what i just said everything blog posts um podcasts all of these things they're part of marketing right they're part of you putting yourself out there as uh as a human but also as the expert in your field so yeah I love that you call it a human conversation. So a favorite book of mine is The Prosperous Coach by, by Steve Chandler. And one of the things he says is don't sell people, coach them powerfully, and then they'll be ready to sign up. You know, you don't mm -hmm. have to just just coach them, just give them yeah. some coaching because most people don't experience coaching. And, you know, that that's my field. So it's the, the field I know the most, but people don't know that they need coaching. They don't know what it is. And then when they experience it and have that experience of it, and you've, you know, gone into that coaching conversation with a service mindset, it sort of changes the conversation. So right. um, why do you think it is that, that small business owners are so uncomfortable selling what they do? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's, it's, you know, different things. It's definitely related to sometimes we, come to uh, being in business from like this corporate environment where we just hide behind a brand, a logo, and we don't have to actually sell ourselves. Um, then it can also be personality related. I, I do feel like, you know, certain personalities are even less comfortable with selling. It's definitely a confidence question, but I think altogether, again, if we first look at who we are and tap into our strengths and, and only do the kind of marketing that aligns with who we are and aligns, I guess, with our human design, since we're, um, you know, you know so much about, about human design. And we actually talked about this on the podcast. So maybe you can link up to the conversation we had on the Humane Marketing Podcast. I think once we are aligned with the things that we do, then there's there there is flow there is like there is not so much oh i hate marketing because then they probably don't think of it as marketing anymore but they just think of it as i talk about what i'm passionate about i talk about my worldview i talk about 
yes, what I'm offering, uh, but I'm offering it because I know it helps people. Right. So it's, it's all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel like marketing becomes easier when you're not trying to do these traditional techniques and you're not trying to understand the psychology and word it in a certain way that's sort of, you know, going to cause people to to want to buy and all of that stuff. It just sort of becomes more of a flow. Like I enjoy blogging. I enjoy doing my podcast and it it's fun. It becomes fun. And yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I love that. Um, and I think part of the thing that gets in the way of selling is sometimes it feels like you're asking people for their money. And I think people, I think there's a lot of really need to understand the value of what you offer because you're not just asking people to give you money. You're trying to, you're, you're giving them value. It's, it's an exchange. And of course it needs to be a fair exchange, which brings up all of the pricing things. So you've talked in the past about fair pricing. Can you kind of Talk a little bit about what is fair pricing and how do you, how should a, a small business person approach their pricing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you kind of gave a great intro because it has to do with the value that you're offering. Right. And first of all, I think you need to be confident about this value that you're offering and you need to be really aligned with saying, no, this, this is the value that, um, that I really give you. And yes, in return, I'd like to be paid this price. And, and I think it, you know, depends. Everybody has a different um, understanding and we also are, all are in different circumstances. And so a, a fair price to you uh, looks different uh, from a fair price for me and, and that's okay, right? In the end, I think it's about, um, yes, the value that you're offering and then having the conversation. So I, I've really moved away to just having a you know pay button uh, somewhere on my programs or my even my one-on-one -on -one coaching and say this is the price you know pay this or get lost. It's more like well yes this is the price I'd like to ask for um, because I know the value that's behind my services. But let's have a human conversation around it. How does this look like on your end? Um, you know, do you can you can you pay this? Do we need to come up with a creative payment plan? Um, I started kind of like creating these trust contracts where we say, you know, given that I've invested so much in my gentle sales path, I I really think that people who have a gentle sales conversation with me. I trust them. They're my people. You know, I trust them. And so if we need to split up the payments into several payments, uh, I'm not going to up the payment um, just because it's a payment plan. Um, yeah. There's a whole conversation around that. And, and for some people, maybe that's a must. For me, it's not. Um, but then really just saying, yeah, we trust each other. I trust that you're going to pay me. Um, you trust that I'm going to, you know, give you the value that I promise and we sign it and then we can have a payment plan over six months instead of three months. So like just yeah. having this conversation that is difficult because it's about money and because we're all in different situations. So to me, that is fair pricing. Um, you know, there's other people who talk more about the uh, pay what you can pricing. That's another uh, thing that I, I've recently put in place with the, um, with the with the circle, our our community, um, that you're also part of, where it's like, well, it's true that is a membership, right? So it it's uh, again, it, it to me, um, 
yes, I'm giving time. Yes, I'm, I'm giving, you know, even money, if you like, because I have to pay for the platform. But it's something that uh, I feel like, well, it can be definitely a lower price. And maybe I can even have different prices, even though people get the same service, meaning that some people can afford more. That's just how the world is, right? Some people have yeah. access to more money. Other have people. Other people have access to less money. And so there's different. I wouldn't call them levels because everybody gets equal access to everything. And so um, the the way I've seen that being called is is um, uh, um, sustainable pricing, right? It's like yeah. let's make something that is sustainable for different people at different levels. And I really like that idea as well so so yeah just kind of questioning all your assumptions about pricing and it and it takes vulnerability again because you're like well you know let's have this conversation about money which is vulnerable always so yeah 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 and people people struggle to talk about money and yeah. you know it, it's it's hard to get on a call and be like i can't afford that so um, I think that's why sometimes people avoid even doing the intro call because they know that's going to come up sometimes. Right. Um, yeah. And I love that you mentioned payment plans because I offer payment plans and I do offer them longer than the time we work together because some people need that. And, it, you know, there is that trust there. And I also, you know, I've seen people really jack up the price for payment plans. And it just, yeah. to me, that felt really icky. Like, why am I like, so this person can't afford to pay me in a lump sum and I'm going to penalize them and by charging them more over time. So I'm glad you I mentioned that. I think it just shows that there's no trust that was built beforehand. And yeah. so I would always also like back in the days, I would also have like a I remember the percentage, but it would be higher because by experience, I noticed that some people did not end up paying all the payments. Yeah. What I realized is actually that's not on them. It's on me because I haven't actually built that trust into yeah. that relationship. Because if you just offer a random service and people, you know, you don't actually have the conversation well, yeah, then it's easy easy to just switch credit card and you know not pay anymore. But if you yeah. had that human connection and conversation, there is that trust. So yeah, yeah, because you you know you're not going to stiff your friends, and so no, exactly, you know, really. it, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it kind of changes the whole dynamic. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, so if I were a new, say I'm a new spiritual entrepreneur, I'm just starting my business. I've done no marketing. I'm starting from scratch. And maybe I don't want to jump into traditional marketing and, and hype and bro marketing. How do how would you tell someone brand new to get started with their marketing if they are starting with nothing? Yeah, I I would definitely first think about again yourself. Like what do you what do you enjoy? Do you enjoy writing? Do you enjoy um, you know meeting people in person? Do you enjoy um, videos? creating being on video, like find out first, what, what is it that you actually enjoy from all these marketing things that you've seen out there and then decide, okay, this is one thing that I feel like I could do on a long-term basis because let's face it, everything we, we do, well, it, at least six months, we have to do it in order to see whether that resonates with anybody. 
So first find out, well, you know, if we're thinking introvert, extrovert, uh, introverts tend to like more to write and do things that are on their own and extroverts really enjoy the, the networking in person. And, and so really think, okay, which things do I enjoy? And then start thinking about, well, where do my people hang out? Like my ideal client, right? That typical uh, ideal client avatar, where would I find them? Um, do I um, focus first on the, the yeah, those networking events? Do I, uh, should I find conferences or, or local events that I should go to? Or if I'm a complete introvert like myself, you're probably not going to like networking. Well, then how can I come up with opportunities to have my content in front of people? And, and that also brings up the whole topic of social media, because clearly that's like one of the, the marketing tactics that every marketer tells you, you have to be on social media and you have to post this many days. And quite honestly, Julian, between you and I, I think it's we're coming to the end of social media. Um, you know, it, it served its purpose. Um, I still feel like there's a, a, a great opportunity for, for using social media for one-on-one -on -one messages. But the whole idea of creating content and, and just creating this interest for your business by just posting and posting and content creation Ah, we're getting to the end of that. You know, the algorithms yeah. are just, they're not meant for so many people creating so much content. Uh, I yeah. said that in my last years of the LinkedIn consulting business, and this was like pre-COVID, I said, well, eventually we're going to have to pay for our LinkedIn posts, just like we do for our Facebook posts. And we're now at that stage and we're not paying, but we're seeing zero, you know, engagement yeah. or return. And so yeah. it really has come full circle people. And the thing is the people who tell you that you should be doing all of these things are the ones who created their businesses back in the days when, yeah. you know, it still worked when there was very little competition yeah. and it's just, yeah, there wasn't this complete content overflow. So I would be, yeah, before you go on social media and create all these Instagram reels, think about, you know, where's my biggest return on investment and what do I enjoy? Uh, that's where I would start. Yeah, I definitely agree with the social media thing, because I think people who come to my business and want to work with me, they've started as a spiritual entrepreneur, and maybe they don't know that there's business coaching, and maybe they don't know that they need my services. But the algorithm is feeding them more of what they already like and already engage with. So they're never going to see something different right. and new. They're going to see right. things that reinforce their existing biases through that algorithm, because it's all about keeping them on the platform, keeping them clicking, keeping them reading. And so the likelihood that they're going to discover my content is pretty low. The people mm -hmm. who are on my social media have already interacted with me. They've listened to my podcast. They've <laughs> gone to one of my workshops. You know, they're they're already my fans. <laughs> so, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. So how does someone who's brand new to humane marketing, or maybe they're just hearing about it on this podcast, how do they get started? How do they learn learn how to start to implement this? Yeah, well, well, as I mentioned, I have the, the seven P's of humane marketing. And so it comes with a one page marketing plan. And the idea, like in everything I do with humane marketing is really to 
think deeply about your marketing. So it's not the you know quick fix strategies. It's about seeking, thinking deeply. And so this, this one page marketing plan comes with seven email prompts to think about these different P's in your business. And we just mentioned per- passion and personal power, but then the next one is people. So that's your ideal client. And then it's your P for product, pricing, promotion, and partnership. So just to think really deeply about these different P's, how do they fit into your business and how do how have you got them covered? Um, so so I think that would be a good introduction so people can get that at humane.marketing forward slash one page. Um, and that's the number one in the word page. So I think that's a good introduction. And otherwise, kind of like you found my work, I guess, through the Marketing Like We're Human book, um, if they go to humane.marketing forward slash book one, there's a free chapter that they can download for that one page. Uh, sorry, for the marketing like we're human book where where I share, yeah, my story. I really feel like it was a very personal book for me. It's like, you know, here's what I experienced in this online work marketing world. And so if if your listeners are like, yeah, uh, you know, I feel so overwhelmed with all of this, then then that would be a good place to start. Yeah, I read that book in an afternoon, and it was one of those things that just turned up in my suggestions at Amazon. I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting, marketing like we're human, and I bought it, and I re- I consumed it in like an afternoon. It was just so, it, it was a big light bulb went off that was like, you mean I don't have to do this stuff? I can just do it my way? And, mm-hmm. now, and since then, I've been an evangelist about just do it your way, just do yeah. it your way. Like, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so... Uh, Definitely recommend that book very highly. Um, And how do people get in touch with you and learn about your programs or interact with your content or just learn more about humane marketing from you? Yeah. So um, again, the website, I guess, humane.marketing. I have also my own podcast, uh, the Humane Marketing Show, which uh, you were a guest on. So we'll link to that. Um, And then we have the Humane Marketing Circle, our community, which uh, you're also Uh, part of uh, where we basically come together and create this movement or this revolution together. And we, we think it's not your typical membership. um, That would be ironic where I just teach you, okay, here are the six steps. It's more like, well, again, let's go deep. Let's question all our assumptions. Let's share what works for us in our marketing so that other people can learn what works for them. It's really about this human collective intelligence sharing and that's that's what i feel like we're creating in the humane marketing circle so um yeah i'd love to have you part of that by the way as well thank you so much yeah i i've gotten so much out of that because it's always interesting hearing what other people are doing and how they're reinventing marketing to be have more empathy and be more human and i've gotten some great ideas from the conversations i've also been challenged to sort of think about some of the things that i do from from listening to it so it's really yeah i can't recommend the membership enough and it is an untraditional membership because it's not going there and seeing a video of Sarah every month that tells you to go do this. It's it's about getting on a call and having those human conversations with people about an aspect of marketing. So yeah. Yeah. yeah wonderful. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for, for being on the show. I think you've given people a lot to think about today about how they approach their marketing, how they approach their selling, and about just making business gentler and bringing more empathy and caring into it, which, you know, I really think 
we're all trying to do here. Um, and most spiritual entrepreneurs are trying to do. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to, to share your ideas with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And and I think it really is that time now. People are ready for more spirituality also in the business world. So I think all your listeners are doing such important work. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it definitely feels like there's a movement happening. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> yeah, thank you. This has been the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast with spiritual life coach, Julian Crossenhill. Help others discover this podcast by leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Did this episode speak to you? Is there something you'd like to hear more about? Have a suggestion for a guest you'd like to hear? Send me a message on social media or use the contact page on my website to let me know, www.priestofanana.com. That's Priest of Anana. I-N-A-N-N-A dot -N -N com. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Priest of Anana. Thanks for listening.